Welcome to Parenting Teens with Dr. Cam, a podcast about navigating adolescence without losing our minds. Each week, I guide you around the teenage landmines with practical tips, simple solutions, and words of encouragement. I'm your host, Dr. Cam. Let's get on with the show. Hello, Calm Parents. Welcome back to another episode of Parenting Teens with Dr. Cam. I'm your host, Dr. Cam, and today I'm talking with Ted Nesloni, award-winning teacher, principal, and author of numerous books, including Kids Deserve It, Stories from Web, Sparks in the Dark, and his newest book, When Kids Lead. Todd is the Director of Cultural and Strategic Leadership for the Texas Elementary Principals and Supervisors Association. He hosts the podcast, Tell Your Story, and has created two online courses about building campus and classroom culture. Todd has been working his entire career to help grow students into leaders and world changers. Welcome, Todd. I'm so happy to have you here. Hey, thank you for inviting me. I am thrilled to be here. I, I want to dig into your story because it's just, you've done so much already. <laughs> I'm like, oh my God, what am I doing with my time? Um, <laughs> it's amazing. So tell us a little bit about you and how you got onto this path of principle and now really getting into teen leadership. Well, you know, it's so funny because when I knew I always wanted to work with kids, I didn't know what avenue that would look like. I thought for a while I'd be in social work, um, but then I realized I wasn't very good at disconnecting myself emotionally Mm -hmm. from a lot of the things those kids are going through. So then I found out that teaching really was my passion, and I swore that I'd never leave the classroom, and it was exactly where I was meant to be. I got my master's right away only because... I wanted to be the first person in my family with a master's, not because I actually wanted to use it. Um, And then I ended up getting this great opportunity to be a principal in a district near mine. Um, And I took the opportunity and loved it. And then I got to step into my new role now with the Texas Elementary Principal Association. So it's been a crazy journey with a lot of really cool experiences, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't have it any other way. Uh, That is so amazing. And how did you get focused like on actual leadership? And, and I know you're really focused, too, on just school change and changing the culture. Well, you know, it's so funny because as a classroom teacher, it was something that I always did naturally um, and didn't really see it as anything different until I became a school principal and got to see a lot more different styles. Oops different styles of teaching and learning and things like that. And so then I started realizing, okay, not everybody does it the same way. You know, I think when we, when we get in our mold of doing things, we think everybody knows what we know and everybody's doing it the way we're doing it. And so I I started figuring out ways that I could continue to empower students to give them a voice and then my buddy, Adam DeVico, and I started a leadership conference called Get Your Lead On, and we were pouring into adults and doing all these things with helping them grow into leadership. And then we started talking one day and realized, you know, we were doing a lot of leadership things at our schools, but there wasn't really anything in place for growing student leaders, growing leaders uh, that were kids, because there's so many books and so many resources and webinars out there for adults who want to become better leaders. And so that's where the idea of like, well, let's write a book about all the stuff that we're doing that we just assume people know about or, or understand. And that way it's all in one place and we can hopefully help inspire more people to give kids these great leadership opportunities. So tell us a little bit about what that looks like to give our teens leadership opportunities. 
Well, you know, I think there's so many ways to look at it. And one of the things that I think about often is just that idea of empowerment. I think sometimes we make excuses for kids. Um, we either say, you know, well, they don't ever behave in class or they're never on time or they're always falling asleep. So how could they be a good leader? Or I don't have time to pour into these things like that. They just need to get a job and move on. And so I think the more we can make kids feel empowered and the more, you know, I, somebody that I really admire is a woman by the name of Angela Myers. And I will always remember what she said one time when we were talking and she said, you have to find out what breaks their heart. Mm -hmm. Once you find out what breaks their heart, what moves them, then that's what you can utilize to really find out what, what they're interested in and what they're willing to move heaven and earth to make happen. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm hearing some voices in my head of some parents I work with two in there. I, I can hear them just saying, well, what moves their heart or breaks their heart is when we take their video games away. <laughs> right. Like that's yeah. all I know. So how do we dig into that a little bit more? Like, does every teen have that ability that there's leadership kind of traits or ability? Does it look differently? Like, how do we tap into that? You know, that's a great question. And I do believe that every student and every kid has that leadership ability in them, just like I believe every adult does. Now, we all have different um, things that we don't believe about ourselves that other people have to bring out in us. And I think a lot is the same of kids. You know, leadership does not look the same for every single teenager. Um, it's not always the loudest person in the room. It doesn't always mean standing in front of a crowd and being able to give a rousing speech. It doesn't always mean somebody who can lead a group of 20 people. Um, I think leadership looks different in many ways because our extreme introverts aren't going to lead in the same way that our extroverts are going to lead. But that's okay because we need all these different types of leadership depending on what they're going to pursue in life. And so a lot of it comes down into really getting to know your teenager, really spending the time to talk to them to figure out what they're interested in, but also giving them opportunities to pursue interests. I think sometimes our teenagers don't know what they're interested in because they've never been given any opportunity to think about it or to experience different things. And so for me, it's about like, what can I introduce them to? What can I um, let them see a little bit more of? What can I let them experience? What kind of things can I open up their minds to that they might think, oh, I didn't know I was interested in this, but now that I'm out here doing this, I kind of like this work. Yeah. And so when we, let's say we have a teenager who, you know, doesn't talk to us and <laughs> wants to just spend all their time on the video games, where do we start? You know, I think that's a great question because there, no matter how much we talk about these great ideas, there's always going to be kids like that. Um, and again, to me, it all comes down to the relationship that you're building. Yes, my teenager may love video games and may not be really conversational, but that doesn't mean I can't take them to go experience things. That doesn't mean I can't say, hey, you know what? This afternoon, we're going to go volunteer over here at the soup kitchen and we're just going to spend some time pouring into somebody else. Or, you know, we're going to go and check out this uh, animal shelter and we're going to go just see if they need any help. Like for me, I, I love the idea of volunteering with teenagers finding different things, you know, as they grow up and as you've hopefully spent some time with them, you've identified some things that they're interested in outside the video games, even if they were interested in it at six years old. It doesn't mean you can't kind of re uh, go back and look at it and be like, hey, do you want to go? We, there's this pottery class. Do you want to go try this pottery class real quick? We'll just do one. If we if it sucks, we don't ever have to go back. 
but, or even if it's not you doing it with them, maybe they really love spending time with their uncle, or maybe they really love spending time with a friend. And it's like, you know what, how about, can I sign y'all up for this and y'all go experience it? And then you come back and tell me what you thought. And and if we want to do it more like that, and because I think, you know, they're teenagers, they're going to say they don't like things, even if they kind of do, they're going to kind of put up a little, oh, this is so dumb. I don't want to do that. And so it's about working through that and not letting those kind of apathy or attitudes get in your way. Right. Those are, those are protective mechanisms, right? Yes. They're, they're just, they're, they're saving face ahead of time. So there's two things there that you really, that you said that I really wanted to call out to. You use the word we a lot not you go do this. Mm-hmm. It's let's do it together, which yes. I think changes the dynamic a lot because when we say you go do this, it feels like we're trying to control them yep. and tell them what they need to do. When we say we're going to do that and we immerse ourselves in it, all of a sudden it's about connection and it's not about expectation of them. It's about something to do. So I think I really wanted to call that out because you use that a lot. And I think that's really, really important. The other thing I wanted that you said very quickly that I wanted to call out too was Asking them, is this something you want to do? Because I've heard this multiple times too, where parents will see these great opportunities. They'll get so excited. They're like, oh my God, my teen will love this. They sign them up and then they're so disappointed because their teen's like, you know, I didn't want to. And when I talk to the teen, it's not because they didn't want to do it. It's because their parents never asked them. And they feel like, why are you just, so I think those two things that you said in there, you kind of, I just want to call out because I think they're really critical in making this succeed. Yeah. Well, you know, it it, it goes back to just talking to your teen because, you know, Adam and I, when we released the book, When Kids Lead, we spent a lot of time afterwards uh, doing a little podcast, interviewing different teenagers who had done these fantastic things and who were leading in really cool ways because we wanted to see if there was some kind of universal thread between them. And as we talked to each one of them, the same thing came up in every single interview when we asked them, you know, like, how are you successful in this? Or what would you, what advice would you give to others? And every single one of them said, when I had this crazy idea, or when I told my family member that I was interested in this, they empowered me right away. They didn't shut me down. They didn't say, we can't do that. That's a dumb idea. We don't have money for that. There's no way that's going to work. Even though this idea was crazy, they said, if that's what you want to do, we'll be, we'll be behind you 100% and we'll figure out a way to make it happen. And that doesn't mean there won't be mistakes along the way or failures along the way, but every one of them said the people around us empowered our dreams and told us we would work to pursue them, even if in the end we had to end up saying, this just isn't going to work. Yeah. I I love that. And I think that's, I agree. I think that's so powerful. I know a lot of parents are going to be like, but my kid's idea is really crazy and it's never going to happen. And I don't want to set them up for disappointment. I've heard that. Like, I don't want them to follow these false beliefs that are going to set them up to be, you know, to fall hard and to be disappointed. So what can you say to parents that have this, protective this need to protect their kids from that possible failure well you know i think as every parent we have that longing to protect we don't want the people we love to hurt whether that is our child our spouse or another family member i mean it just it doesn't feel good to see people you care about struggle and and have disappointment and so i think that's a natural inkling but i have to remind myself too that you know as an adult in my own personal life 
I can think of a thousand different ideas that I had that I thought were brilliant and they did not work. Mm -hmm. And no matter how much I believed in them, they didn't work. But by me pursuing them and taking those risks, I learned something new about myself every time. And it led to me doing other things better. Mm -hmm. And so when I think about it with kids and when I hear that conversation of, oh, you know, well, what if they fail or I already know this isn't going to work? Like, why do I even let them pursue this? I think about how you have to let them do that. Because what's great about you is if you are feeling like that, it means you're going to be involved, which means that when it does fail, because you're so convinced that it will, you will be there to support them in working through failure. Because the reality is they're going to have to work through failure in their adult life. And you won't always be there to support them or to help them through it because they may not even tell you they failed at something in their adult life. But while they're teenagers and they're in your midst and you have that opportunity to say, let's go, let's do this. And knowing in the back of your mind, it may not work, but I'm going to be there with them to walk alongside them every step of the way. So when they're crushed, that their dream didn't take place, I can help them pick up the pieces and find something new instead of saying, I told you, or we should have never done this. No, that's not the point. The point is, how do I work through failure? Be there to do it alongside them. Yeah. And now we're creating that sense of we're preventing that fear of failure, right? Mm -hmm. Rather than like setting them up to be terrified of failure and saying, you can't try anything if there's a possibility of failure. Because now we're saying failure is the worst thing ever rather than saying, hey, let's see where this goes. Sure. Failure may be one of the options, but that's okay. Mm -hmm. Because now I'm not going to fear failure. And I see a lot of teens and adults that are terrified of trying something new because they don't want to fail. And we're saying it's okay to fail. Like that's actually a cool thing because that means you did something unique. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that, and I'm guessing you see a lot more of this than I do is how creative teens are. And the fact that in our adult heads, we may think that's impossible because we've kind of almost boxed ourselves in a little bit. And when we follow teens, they can take us to some incredible places. You know, it's funny you say that because I don't just view that as a teen thing. Like what I have been consistently blown away by. And it's funny because it's like I always need the reminders because I forget. Even after seeing something fantastic, I'll forget about it a year later and be like, oh, that kid's too young for that. They're not going to do that. And then I have to be reminded, wait. But last year, a kid even younger did something even more fantastic that I was making an excuse of. And so you're exactly right. You know, I think so many times as an adult, we've lost that childlike imagination, that innocence, that wonder. And you and and we have been sometimes hardened by life that we have forgotten what it's like to care about something so deeply in our hearts that we do anything to pursue it. And our teenagers have that ability in them because they haven't many of them haven't yet been hardened by life so much that they don't believe things are impossible they don't believe things are possible and so they go out there and they're like no i can do this like i'm gonna go and start this company and make this much money and da, da, da. and it's like uh we're t- we're thinking in our experiences uh well you know mm, i you're probably too young i don't even know where you would begin how are we going to get the money But they're not even focused on any of that. They're so in love with the dream that they're ready to tackle any obstacle that comes in their way. Yeah. And I think that's amazing a thing because as adults, we do get 
extremely practical. Yes. Like, oh no, I don't want my kid to think that they can do anything because they can't. Right. And I'm like, don't, you know, they, if everyone believed that we would not be, have all the technology and be on the moon and do all these things. Those are, those are kids that grew up to say, I can do whatever. Mm -hmm. And they did. So I think that's, what's so amazing. So let's say you're now a parent and you're pumped up and you're like, I want to help my kid dream big, but my kid won't talk to me. Um, Where do we start? (laughs) You know, I think we have to take out the idea of me, me, me. Sometimes because we're their parents, we think we have to be the deciding factor and opening that world for them. And I think it's, we have to get out of that. And this may sound offensive, but that self-obsessed mindset of, well, I gave birth to them or I adopted them or I brought them into my home. I'm the one that wants to help them pursue their dream. I've been raising them for years when in reality, you might not be the best person in that moment. And so depending on where your child is, you can still be involved in the process but it might be that a cousin is the one that invi- is invited in or an uncle or a teacher or somebody else in the community is the person that really helps them dive into that passion and identify what it is in ways that they can lead. Um, but you can be there along the way and you can provide support, but you may not be the point person and that's okay. Um, it's, it's hard. Because I know as parents, we want to be the point person. We want to be the most important person in our child's life. And, and we want to be involved in those, in those experiences. But if we really love our teen, we have to be willing to say, I'm willing to put myself aside to make sure that they're set up for success. Yeah. One more question, too, because I, I see a lot of... Um, parents who are worried because their teens already are in this negative mindset of they're already fearing failure and they're already coming up with an excuse for everything and not taking accountability, which is clearly anti-leadership, right? So how do we start helping kids kind of dig out of this deficit first? You know, I really view the ultimate definition of leadership as servant leadership. And I think that when you begin to see how powerful a servant leader is, um, and you begin to watch how lives are changed when you pour into others, that's when you truly can identify the power of a leader. Mm -hmm. And I say that in saying that when you have teens who are broken or teens who are disillusioned or teens who don't feel like they are capable of making change or being anything more than they currently are, I use those opportunities to give them examples of pouring into others. So I mentioned earlier, maybe that's volunteering at a soup kitchen. Maybe that's going in and, and, and working at a, going and finding a foster home and, and, and asking if you could, there's help you can do there going and, and, and seeing if goodwill needs anything. Like when you pour into others, you begin to feel better because research has proven that when you show gratitude towards others, you actually increase your mood more than the person you're showing gratitude to. So the more that kids can pour into others and see how good it makes them feel, the more likely they are to pursue a passion that actually changes lives. And the 
builds others up because from the teenagers that I talked with in, in the podcast series that I did, every one of them was emotionally impacted by something, whether it was um, Joshua Williams who saw a homeless person on the street and was so hurt that he didn't have food that he started an entire program to collect food and is now one of the largest in Florida um, that collects food. Or I think of um, my little, I think she's 11 years old now. Her name's Chelsea. She was recently featured on CNN because she was working at her parents took her to a homeless shelter to volunteer and she saw other kids there and she loves art and all the kids there that she was talking to loved art too, but none of them had art supplies. So for Christmas one year, all she asked for her family was for art supplies for to, to give to others. And now she runs a huge nonprofit that donates art supplies to adults and children all over the country. Or even I think of another little girl who's, and I say little, but she's 17. Um, and she just, she loves dogs. And after volunteering at a shelter one day, at an animal shelter, and seeing that there were so many cute dogs that weren't always getting the great treats, she started thinking, you know, how can we get those dogs treats, but also make humans see the value in, in treating their dog? And she's like, well, humans like treats. So she went and has her own bakery now. Her parents rented this professional kitchen for her and everything, where she makes dogs and human treats that look exactly the same, but that you can enjoy a treat at the same time your pet is, but and it, but the one is healthy for the animals and one is healthy for the people. And so all these came from these kids who their parents put them in a position where they were able to see somebody else who was in need and they were able to pour into them and said, this feels so good helping this person. I want to do this more. I want to put myself aside and, and, and continue to make more people feel good about things that they're doing. Yeah, I think that's amazing. And I mean, not every kid is going to go out and start their own business. No. And that's okay, too. And, and nor think, should they. No, exactly. That would be chaos. But, <laughs> um, but I think just the idea, all of those ideas were led by the kid. Yeah. It wasn't the parent saying, you should do this. It was the kid saying, I want to do this. And the parent saying, okay, how, how are you going to do it? Yeah, how are you going to exactly. do that? Not I'm doing it for you. It's how are you going to do that? And I think that can happen in even smaller ways, but it's giving them that empowerment and encouragement that is so astounding. I, I and I know that. that that this conversation today is is, is I'm, I'm keeping a very rosy, positive look on this conversation. But I want to say to the parents, too, that, you know, when you do some of these things, your child is not always going to react. They're not the first time. They may say that it's still stupid. The second time, they may still not be into it. It may take the third, fourth, or fifth time to find the right thing for them. But come on, think about any of us. It's not always the first thing that clicks. It's not always the first movie, the first song, the first experience. And so don't quit doing some, don't quit looking for that thing that your child's into just because you worked really hard and were really excited about one and it didn't connect. That's okay. Again, we got to take ourselves out of the picture yeah. and realize we're not doing this to make us feel better. We're doing it to find something great for our kids to lead in. I am really thankful you said that because I think that is a really important point is that when we talk about stuff like this, it's not about adding more expectations on our teens that they're just going to fall flat on and we're going to get disappointed. It's saying there is a way to do it, but it does require patience. It's going to be different for every child and to just stay persistent. And again, I love the idea of the we, and it's kind of like, we go volunteer, yeah. right? Let's yes. volunteer together. We're going as a family. They will probably show a lot of attitude going. Mm -hmm. 
Um, but if you're going as a family, then they're coming along, right? And I see this a lot. The kids will get there, not every time, but the kids will get there and they'll actually end up really yeah. loving it. Um, doesn't mean they're going to not complain the next time. Right, but exactly. You get there and they do it, right? And they love it. And so it's to just keep keep trying and keep finding what's important yeah. um, and, and extending that value by what you're doing as well. And if they don't want to go, then you go and you keep going yeah. and then eventually they'll come with you. And I think I agree. that's really, really powerful stuff. So Todd, how do people find you and what you do? Yeah. Well, the easiest way is just my website, toddnesloney.com. Don't worry about it. If you don't know how to spell my last name, just go to Google and type in Todd Nesloney, the best way you know how, and it'll come up. <laughs> um, but I've got all my social media links on there. So you can connect with me on the social media platform of your choice, as well as my blog, some videos, my courses, resources, my books, all kinds of things. Everything's all in one place for you. So that's definitely the easiest place to go. Perfect. And I'll have all those links in the show notes and everything. So before we go, any parting words of encouragement for parents with teenagers? I would say, you know, nobody does it right the first time um, and nobody has all the answers. Um, in the end, you know your child and you know how to reach them and, and how to have patience with them, even though many days it's really hard. And so what I would say is every single child has leadership ability in them. It may look very different than yours, and that's okay. Um, but just continue to find what they're passionate about, what they're interested in, and continue to push them forward. I love that. Thank you so much, Todd. I'm so grateful you could join us today. Thank you. And thank you, parents, for taking time out of your busy day to spend with us. If you want to learn more about how to help your teens succeed, you can grab my free guide, Seven Secrets to Motivating Teens, at askdrcam.com slash motivate teens. Finally, if you enjoyed this episode and the helpful strategies Todd shared with us, please take a quick moment to rate and review. This helps other parents like you find the show. I encourage you to share it with a friend as well. Until next time, have a peaceful, positive, calm day. And that's a wrap. Thanks for joining me today on Parenting Teens with Dr. Cam. Make sure to visit my website, www.askdrcam.com, where you can subscribe to the show in iTunes, Stitcher, or via RSS, so you'll never miss a show again. While you're at it, if you found value in this episode, I'd appreciate a rating on iTunes and hey, why not share it with a friend too? Be sure to tune in to my next episode. And remember, parenting teens may not be easy, but with my help, it can be a whole lot easier than this.